Thanks for joining us at Reveal, a Jesus-centered community. To learn more about us and what's going on, check us out on the web at www.revealvineyard.com. We hope in the minutes to come, you're able to find God, find others, and find yourself. Thanks again for listening. So we are on week number two of our New Year series. Um, If you missed last week, circle back around. You can listen to it online. We talked about making good, wise decisions that will position ourselves for the best year ever. We unpacked a lot last week. Can't review, don't have time, but you can check that out on your own. I think we all love the new year. Uh, It represents uh, potential, new opportunity. It represents the new you. It represents leaving the old behind and embracing the new, regardless of who you are or where you're from or what you've been involved with or what your education level is. This I know. We share this. We, each of us are hoping that this will be the best year ever. But here's what we know. That best does not happen by accident. Experience tells us this. That best does not happen. In other words, if you just lift up your feet, and if you just go with the flow, if you go with the current, best will not happen. You will, more times than not, be led somewhere that you do not want to be. Pastor Craig Rochelle of Life Church said that everyone ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. In other words, best year ever does not and will not happen by accident. Best year in my finances doesn't happen by chance. Best year in my marriage, in my relationship, doesn't happen by lifting my feet up and just going with the flow. Best will take a plan. Best happens like bad happens. We sow and we reap our way there. It is one small decision, one small choice after another that we sow and reap our way there. So best happens by investing in Our future, which brings us to an important question today, which is what we're going to talk about. What should we invest in? What is it that pays the best dividends? When thinking about what you will invest your time, energy, and money in in 2019, here's a question that you should be asking yourself What uh, pays dividends both, or what is profitable both in this life and also in the life to come? And that's what we will unpack today. So join me as we pray and we'll jump into our series. Lord, Um, thank you for the love of God. And uh, we want to embrace that. Not just embrace it, we want to experience it more. I pray for those that are here that maybe have not experienced that love of God, have not been uh, washed in it, immersed in it. I pray today would be that day where they would just begin to sense the love, the overwhelming love of God. The love of God speaking into their being. The love of God calling uh, uh, calling them out and calling them into your presence. And I pray, Holy Spirit, Let that be known among us today. As we transition out of our singing into the study of your word, speak to us clearly. Shine your light upon us. Illuminate any darkness that is within us. Point our feet in the way that we should go. And our response to you will always be yes. And so Holy Spirit, come. Come and have your way among us. Uh, We place you first in our lives, uh, in all things, And part of our giving right now is a way of placing you first, even in our financial lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The older I get, the more that I realize that very few things in life have staying power. 
Second law of thermodynamics kind of testifies to this. It, it's partially, it is the universal law of decay. It says that ultimately everything disintegrates over time. That nothing stays as fresh as the day that you bought it, right? We know this. It's the universal law of decay that most everything lacks staying power. Look throughout history. There have been entire civilizations that have lacked staying power. There are animals that are extinct that lack staying power. Your sports team might be in the playoffs today, but one day you will wake up and they will be 3-13. and I'm talking to you, Arizona Cardinals, right? One day. Right? Because nothing has staying power. Listen, I'm going to tell you something that is life-changing if you grasp the concept and if you can apply it to your life. Right? That the natural forces acting upon us are pulling us toward chaos. Now, this is not a religious statement, right? This is science. Science has shown this, that the forces pulling upon us are towards decay or towards chaos. So if 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 you want to have something that's stable, it will require energy. It will require effort. It will require a plan to create stability, structure, and success. A successful relationship requires care and attention. Successful finances take a plan. Even the small things like a successful yard or a successful home take effort because the natural forces pulling upon your yard are not towards manicured lawn, but towards destruction, towards chaos, right? Towards decay. That, those are the forces that are working upon us. Successful health takes effort, and uh, eventually, even with effort, you will lose that battle. Sad to say. If you are young, I know you think that your body is indestructible, but really what I've learned is that life is just waiting to punk you at some point. At some point, you will go to bed feeling good, and you will wake up with an injury. All right? I've woken up before and limped to the shower uh, with a, a, a sprained ankle, an injury that I did not have when I went to bed, which means that somehow I sprained my ankle in my sleep. I don't know how that happens, but apparently with age, those things start to occur. Why? Because the forces that are working upon us are pulling us, drifting us, towards decay, including our spiritual lives. And so that means that there must be a force that acts upon the force that is pulling us in the direction that we do not want to go. The natural force acting upon us is pulling us to chaos. So when it comes to your life in 2019, just picking up your feet and going with the flow will lead you somewhere that you do not want to be. Again, Religion and in scripture, that's true. It is a religious statement, but it's also proven just in science. That if you just lift up your feet and go with the flow, you will end up somewhere that you ultimately do not want to be. Now, why, why, why does this matter? It means that we must invest in something that counters the natural forces that are pulling against us or pulling us in a direction that we do not want to go. Because we've already said that best does not happen by accident. And so we have to ask ourselves, is there anything we can invest in that has staying power? Perhaps the secret to building a life is building it on a foundation that does not move. And Paul speaks to this in 1 Corinthians. We'll put it on the screen. He says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child and I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, but then we will see face to face. He's talking about now and what it will be like in the life to come. He says, now 
uh, I know in part, but then I shall be known fully, even as I am fully known. And then he drops this little thing on verse 13. And now these three remain, he says, faith, hope, and love. In other words, there are a lot of things that you can invest in this year. But if you want to invest in your future, if you want to invest in something that has staying power, if you want to invest in something that counters the forces that are pulling you in the direction you do not want to go, Scripture says invest in faith, hope, and love. Scripture is giving us a kind of a, an insider tip, insider information on how to position ourselves, not only for the best year ever, but ultimately for the best life ever. And Scripture says, invest in these things. These things remain. Because here's what we know. That if you lose your faith in Christ, you know you will lose your future. And that if you are void of hope, if you are depleted of hope, you know you will tap out when things become difficult. And if you lose the promise and and, and the beauty of love and the power of love, you will soon become part of the problem. See, Scripture is clear. That we have an adversary who seeks to do us harm. John 10.10, Jesus says that the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Meaning this, that if the enemy is going to mount an attack against you in 2019, understand this very clearly. If the enemy comes against you in 2019, he's not coming for your car. He's not coming for your house. If the enemy is coming against you in 2019, he's not coming for your finances. Ultimately, he's not even that interested in your house or in your health. He's not coming for your job. He's coming for your faith. If the enemy comes against you this year, understand what he's coming for. He's coming for your faith. He's coming to rob you of hope. He's coming to make you cynical and angry. If there's anything the enemy is coming against, it's these three that remain. When I was younger, I'd ask people, hey, pray for my job. Uh, Pray for my finances. Uh, Pray for this relationship. I never asked someone, and I should have, pray that my faith remains strong. Pray, Pray that I don't lose hope. Pray that I don't give up on love. Maybe these are the weightier prayers that we should be asking people to pray for us. Because the enemy doesn't really care about my job. I'll get another one. But if he can take my faith, he's taken what matters most. Scripture is clear. Listen to it again, verse 13. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. In the end, Scripture says, you can count on these things. Here's a good investment, Scripture is saying, into your future. 2019, here's a good investment, faith, hope, and love. And here's the thing, I think that we, we kind of instinctively know this. See, at the end of my life, I know what will be weighing on me. I'm going to want a faith that is vibrant, a faith that overcomes the fear of the unknown. I'm going to want to have a confident and hope and expectation of what is to come. I'm not going to want to be worrying about meeting my maker. I want to have hope in the eternal. In the final days of my life and the final days of your life, you're going to gather around those people that you love. You're going to want friends and family near you, and you're going to speak words that maybe haven't been spoken, and you're going to mend relationships that have been strained because you know what you will want to leave when you leave this earth is a legacy of love. Instinctively, we know this. Scripture's just telling us what I think instinctively we know because it's been placed in us by our Creator. 
faith, hope, and love. And so if you're looking for your best year ever, that will flow into your best life ever, you will need to invest in your future. And that means investing in that which has staying power. So let's break this down. Let's look at faith. Luke records a conversation between Jesus and Peter where Jesus reveals a kind of a sobering truth. He says this, Simon, Simon, that's Peter. He says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. There are a few things you never want to hear come out of the mouth of God. This would be one of them. Pete, Satan has asked to take you apart piece by piece. Now, if you're Peter, if I'm Peter, the next question I would be asking would be something like, and what do you say? What exactly did you tell him? And, and, and so Jesus begins on the fact that, fear not, Pete, I've prayed for you. I'd be like, whoo! Thank you for your prayers. How about a little bit more than prayer? Right? I mean, Satan's just asked if he could take you, about, take you down piece by piece, but fear not, Pete. I prayed for you. I'd be like, how about you just tell him no? How about you drop kick him across the universe? And yet Jesus says, fear not, Pete. I've, I've prayed for you. Specifically, look what he prayed for. He said, I prayed for you that your, there it is, your faith may not fail. It's interesting that Jesus does not pray that Peter would go around the upcoming trial or avoid the upcoming trial, but that his faith would remain intact, that his faith would remain constant, that it would not collapse under pressure. See, if the enemy's coming for you at all, he's coming for your faith, that your faith would collapse when it's put through pressure. If we're going to invest in something this year, invest in, position yourself to learn and to grow and to be challenged because, listen very carefully, listen, faith will not grow and become vibrant on its own. And you say, well, pastor, how do you know that? The second law, everything is pulling us towards chaos, including your faith. All of the natural forces that are acting upon you are not pushing you towards godliness. We can all agree on that, right? The forces acting upon you are pushing you away from godliness. Meaning that if you just lift up your feet in 2019 and and allow the current to take you and think that your faith will be strengthened and grow, you are mistaken. Because the forces that work upon us, Scripture proves it, science proves it, is pulling us toward decay and pulling us toward chaos. And so this is important that if you want faith, You will need to invest in faith. So what does that look like? Let let, let me give you some, some, some ways that you can invest in faith. Here's one. Invest in a scripture reading plan this year. My encouragement is that you read through the Bible. Now, if you don't have this app, this is necessary for just all Christians, in my opinion. You need to have this app on your phone. It will walk you through a reading plan. Because I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, well, pastor, I don't know where to start on a Bible reading plan. Get this app. At the bottom, it says reading plans. Click on it, and then it will set you up on a daily reading plan. Now, some of you are like, well, pastor, I don't know what I'm reading. I got that one covered. There's a devotional at the beginning of every reading plan that tells you exactly what you will be reading. You're like, well, I'm already 13 days behind. 
Listen, just read a little bit more than what they're asking you to read and you'll be caught up in like two weeks. It's not that difficult, right? And some of you are thinking, I don't really like to read. There is a button in the app that will read it to you. I'm serious, right? You click it, it'll read the devotional and everything to you. You can do it on the pot. I don't care where you are. You're like, I don't like to read. It'll read it for you. Well, pastor, I don't really like to listen. I don't know what to tell you then, right? Just slip into the abyss already. I have no good news for you, right? Listen, this is a great opportunity for us that at the end of, by the end of this year, we could have read through the entire scripture. That's investing in your faith. And listen, sync it up with the Bluetooth in your car and play it when you're driving to work. You'll be caught up the 13 days you'll be, you'll be caught up like that right? Invest in a scripture reading plan. Now, here's what I know. Some of you are thinking, that seems like a lot of work. I want to have faith, but that seems like a lot of effort. Listen, if you're thinking right now, I'm going I'm to step on your toes. If you're thinking this is too much work, just be honest with yourself. You're just not that interested in having a, vi- a vibrant faith. You may want to tell yourself at the end of my life, I want a faith that's alive and powerful and active, but those are just words. Just be honest with yourself. If this is too much work to say, I guess I'm just not that interested in it. But if you are, and I think the majority of us are, then here's a great opportunity. This is free. This is one of the greatest apps that's come out, in my opinion, right? Life Church puts it out. They, they put it on you for free. All of the information is free. Uh, I would highly suggest all of us do that. We're 13 days into a new year. Start the reading plan. Join me in doing it. and You'll read through the Bible in, in a year. Here's something. Invest in God's presence this year. Start to communicate with God. The Bible calls this prayer in just simple language, right? You don't have to get with all the these and thous and all this stuff. Just start to communicate with God. Every morning, I've started... To, I've started as much as possible, to put away the religious jargon and just say, you know, hey, God, I'm looking forward to today. I got a lot of difficult decisions that I have to make. There are some things in life that I'm not looking forward to, so I'm just asking for your presence and your wisdom and your power to lead me forward. And why don't you just start some normal communication with God this year? And then begin to listen and allow God to speak back. Here's another way you can invest in your faith. Start by serving in the kingdom. There's good opportunities to serve even here. Last service, uh, I saw people running around in children's ministry because there were some holes in some of the classes because people called out sick. There's opportunity to serve in our children's ministry, opportunity to serve in our cafe, to serve as a greeter. There's opportunity to serve. Invest in your faith by beginning to get the focus off of yourself. And here, this whole what on earth am I here for campaign, this is an opportunity for you to invest in yourself but it's going to take work. You're going to have to come to church six times in a row. Some of you are like, Jesus might come back on number five, right? You're going to have to invest in yourself. You're going to have to join a group for seven weeks, right? You're going to have to read three pages a day. Some of you are like three pages of this book plus the reading devotion of the Bible. Mm, I don't know, pastor, right? Yeah, We're going to grow this year, and we're going to grow together. It's a journey that we can take. This whole thing is presenting something before you that allows you to invest in your future and allows you to invest in your faith. The majority of us here, 
we know that at the end of our lives, we're going to want an active, vibrant faith. And if you're going to want it then, you're going to need to invest in it now. Because your faith will not become vibrant on its own. Because the forces pulling against it are pulling you in the wrong direction. Pulling me in the wrong direction. Faith is your staying power. Faith is what will see you through when there's no other way. Faith is what will allow you to live beyond circumstances. Faith is what will allow you to believe that God's best is still at play for you and for your family and for your marriage and for relationships. Faith in the unseen and the unheard and the unknown. Faith is the confident expectation in what we hope for but yet has been seen, has yet to be seen. Faith needs to be vibrant and alive, and that doesn't happen unless we invest in it. Second scripture says, hey, here's something that remains hope. I like how Paul says it in 1 Corinthians. He said, if in this life only, in this life only, we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Hope is birthed out of faith. If you invest in your faith, hope will be a byproduct. Hope that permeates our being. Hope for a brighter brighter future. Hope that tomorrow can be better than today. Hope that gives confidence that uh, we don't only have the potential to survive, but the potential to thrive. Hope. But our hope is not just in this life. Paul says, look, if all we had was hope in today and now, then we should be pitied. But our hope actually transcends this life because we believe that our best life is yet to come. Hebrews 6 speaks of the unchangeable promises of God. And the author reminds of Abraham, reminds us of Abraham, who was given a promise to be the father of a great nation, but yet had no children of his own. But with time, God proved himself to be a promise-keeping God, and Abraham had a child, and the birth of a nation was born. And based upon that, out of that, the author writes Hebrews 6.19. We have this hope, there it is, Hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Do you know why a ship needs an anchor? Because of the constant potential to drift. That the rocking of the ocean, even when it seems mundane and calm, the potential, the forces acting upon it will cause it to drift. And an anchor is what locks it into place. And Paul says, we have hope in Jesus that is an anchor to our soul. An anchor to our soul. That hope, I like it like like this. I heard someone once say, that hope puts your soul on a leash and only allows it to drift so far. That I may become depressed, but I will only travel so far. That I may become dismayed, but my soul is anchored. That my mind might get distracted by all the what-ifs in life, but but my hope will keep me tethered. That anxiety may greet me in the morning, but it will not carry me off. I may not understand my circumstances. There may be more questions than answered, but hope keeps me anchored. Do you have any hope this morning? Is hope an anchor to your soul? Scripture says if you're going to invest in anything, invest in something that has staying power. These three remain faith, hope, and love. See, when you lose hope, there's no telling what you will do. The, moment, the seasons of my life when I lost hope, I know the thoughts that were going on in my head. Probably the same thoughts that were going on in your head. There's no telling what we will do when we lose hope. 
And then scripture says, faith, hope, and love. Have you, have you ever given up on love? Not just romantic love, you know, that happens after a breakup, I'll never love again, and you know, those kinds of things, but have you ever given up on the promise and the power of love? Have you given up on the idea that love is the answer? Have you ever found yourself becoming cynical and jaded towards those who disagree with you? Are you beginning to be consumed with animosity and hostility? Listen to 1 Corinthians, it says this, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, and then he adds this at the end, but the greatest of these is love. Jesus was asked, what is the greatest thing that I can invest my life in? He says this, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Look, there are a lot of problems in the world today. And I understand this is going to sound really cheesy, but I still believe that love is the answer. I believe that the love of God towards humanity is our first answer, amen? And then I believe that the love that we reflect to others is also the answer. That the solution to our problem is love. The love of God permeating creation and the love of his creation reflecting that love back into creation. Love is the answer. 1 Peter 4 says this, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. You know what some of us need to hear being spoken over our family? Love covers a multitude of sins. If you could say it like this, that love covers, love overcomes a multitude of problems. Love overcomes family hang-ups, and love overcomes offenses and hurt feelings, and love is what allows you to look past the worst in people, and love allows you to remain in a relationship even when the other person has been ugly. Love pushes you towards sacrifice. Love is what allows you to prefer others as more important than yourself, as Philippians 2 says. Have you lost sight of love? Because at the end of your life, you know part of the legacy that you will want to leave behind is a legacy of love. And so if you, want to, if you want to leave a legacy of love tomorrow, we must invest in love today. Let me leave this thought with you. Love is a choice. We love the feeling of love. But the feeling of love is fleeting. Why would I say that? Because the forces working upon me are not pushing me to love, it's pulling me away from love. It, the, for, the natural forces working upon me are pushing me to selfishness, right? You included. And so if I will only love when I have the feeling of love, love will be short-lived. Because I am being pulled into selfishness. And so at some point, love must become a choice. I choose to love you. Love is a choice. Perhaps the pinnacle of love is when we no longer have to choose to love. Perhaps once we have chosen to love long enough that love just becomes who we are. Who do you need to choose to love today? If you're going to invest in something in 2019, how do you need to begin to invest in love? 
Holy Spirit, I'm asking that the Holy Spirit would reveal to you someone that you need to begin to love. And there is someone that's popping into your mind's eye right now. The Holy Spirit is giving you an impression on someone. And you will be faced with the choice. Will I choose to love them? Even if they do not deserve it. Because feelings are fickle. Hey, married couples, if you've been married for any amount of time and it's been a successful marriage, you know that you have chosen to love. Because there are times when you just don't feel like it. When you tell new couples that who are getting ready to be married, they think that I'm the worst person in the world when I do premarital counseling. And I say, look, I I hate to break this to you, but you won't always feel like loving that person. Or like, no, no, I'll always feel like it. I'm like, okay, (laughs) okay, you're stupid. (laughs) Right? Listen, I love the feeling of love. 27 years going on marriage, right? The feelings come and go. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're, you know. But the choice of love is what allows love to continue to grow and grow beyond just the feeling of love, the butterflies and what we associate with it. And so today I encourage you that you would choose to love. Listen to 1 Corinthians again. And now these things remain. These things are eternal. These things have staying power. Faith, hope, and love. There have been times in my life that the only thing that has kept me from going over the edge, especially 26 years in ministry, has been my investment in these three things. Now let me tell you something today. Today, in some things that I'm facing personally, I am living off of the faith, hope, and love that I invested in last year, five years, ten years ago. Meaning this, that if you're going to wake up one day and realize that you need a reserve of faith, hope, and love, and you've never invested in faith, hope, and love, don't be surprised when your tank is empty. Do you understand that? See, this is why so many times people get pushed out of the faith because they've invested in nothing, and then all of a sudden the carpet is pulled out from under them, and they're like, where is faith? Where is hope? Where is love, but we've not invested in it at all? And we wonder, why is my tank empty? Today, at 50, I'm living on the reserves of what I invested in my entire life. One day, you're going to wake up, and something's going to happen to you, and you're going to need a full tank. And the way you're going to have it then is by investing in it now. And so if you want this to be the best year ever, if you want this to roll into your best life ever, then start to invest today in what you know that you will need tomorrow. Does that make sense? Faith, hope, and love. It's an investment that will always pay you back. Stand with me, church. All right, so I want you to just, we're going to take a moment, and I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, what does this mean to me? Because here's the tendency. Oh, that was good, some funny moments, and now let's go get some lunch. Right? Blessed are those who just don't hear my words, Jesus said, but actually put my words into practice. James says it like this, let's be doers of the word and not merely hearers in James 1.22. And so I want to just take a moment. And I want you to just ask, just in an attitude of prayer, whatever that looks like, just, just, just ask, what does this mean for me today? I'm confident the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. 
Holy Spirit, come and speak clearly to us. What does this mean for us today? Individually. For some of you, it is the investment in your faith. This is what 2019 needs to be for you. It is the investment in your faith. And out of that faith, there will be a hope that anchors you. Lord, speak to us about the reading plan and kind of positioning ourselves to hear from you, what that looks like to invest in our faith, what it looks like to invest in your word. For some of you, it's your investment in love and your heart has become cynical and you've become hard and you've, in part, you've given up on love. And today the Holy Spirit is calling you back to believe in the power of love. To first embrace the love of God upon you and then allow that love that is being poured into you to be distributed out to a world that has become really cynical and hostile. So I pray for our church family. that you would reveal to us what this message means for us today and that we would step into that and begin to invest in something that has staying power, faith, hope, and love. I pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, church, if you'd like prayer, come on up. Love to pray for you. If you're a guest, I'd love to meet you. Don't forget to pick up one of these cards for uh, Chinese believers in China. Uh, fill that out, drop it in the mail, uh, and uh, just kind of make your voice heard for those who are undergoing persecution. God bless you guys. Look forward to seeing you next week. Don't forget your What on Earth Am I Here For six-pack. Start inviting friends and family.